0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to State of State. This podcast is presented by BetOnline, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, plus your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Get into the action today. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code Believe that's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. Also, Penn State fans, this year the Nittany Lions are celebrating 20 years of tackling rare diseases at their annual Lift for Life going down tomorrow, that's Thursday, June 22nd. This event will include a skills competition, a fitness challenge, and an opportunity for fans and the community to be involved. In-person attendance is free and open to the public. Join Penn State's football team at the Lash Football Building tomorrow or make a $20 donation today to celebrate this monumental milestone. Visit pledgeit.org slash P-S-U-F-B-L-I-F-T-23. That's pledgeit.org slash P-S-U-F-B-L-I-F-T-23. Today, we're talking about all things Penn State quarterbacks. And joining us is not a quarterback, but a former Penn State tight end. He is the host of Next Up with Adam Brenneman. He is Adam Brenneman. Adam, it's great to talk to you again. You are maybe the busiest man in college football podcasting. Literally, you're getting to travel um, all over the country, it seems, to get to talk to a lot of different players. How have things been going? Because it does seem like you have your hands in a lot of different things, a lot of different networks, especially.
0: No, I appreciate appreciate you guys having me on. Uh first of all, love what you guys are doing. Love the rebrand of the show, everything. Um I love that you're partnering up with Justin. Uh former uh, I remember watching him play back in the day, man. Yeah, I remember I remember those days, bro. <laughs> I, th- those were I'll make you feel old when I say how how young I was when you were playing, but uh do but no, I love what you guys are doing. But I appreciate, it, man. Yeah, it's been busy. It's been fun uh just got a lot of stuff going on right now getting ready first of all for football season and and, you know all that's going to come with that hopefully um doing some more and more television stuff when when the season comes and then the podcast right now has been been a lot of fun kind of doing like a head coaches tour right now uh so getting on a bunch of different coaches um going to do coach franklin actually we're recording this on tuesday so thursday i'll be in penn state and state college having coach franklin on so it's been been fun keep me busy but it's also cool i think the podcast part is getting the coaches on the pod you normally it's you know how hard it is to get those guys to sit down for an hour (laughs) and talk about their life I mean it's not an easy easy thing to book so it's been fun to kind of get that and, and get them to you know show a different side of themselves a little bit I'm really
1: interested to see what you get out of Franklin because I, for one, listened to both your interviews with uh, former Penn State quarterback Christian Hackenberg and current Penn State quarterback Drew Aller, and it was kind of the reason why I was like, we got to get Adam on here to talk about some of this stuff because I'm curious about your takeaways, and I remember texting you about this after the Hackenberg interview came out. There were things as a fan and as a broadcaster that nobody would have ever known after before that interview you did with hack and i know you mm. played with him uh, you're very close with him obviously to this day he's a very private guy uh, it seems like he's gone through a lot of things professionally but is at a good place in his life now yeah uh, what was your takeaway first of all from the hackenberg interview looking back on
0: no, i appreciate you saying that and uh i think number one you're right christian is a private guy and it's funny we, we talk about it on the podcast Christian, when we were at Penn State, would always talk about how he didn't like the media, he didn't like the attention, he didn't like how everyone knew who he was, and I always thought it was bullshit, right? I was like, dude, you love the – what do you mean? Like, I know you like the attention, you know, but as I got to know Christian more and more, like, he really doesn't like it. Like, he – that that's not him he wants nothing to do with it. I mean, even when he was done playing, I mean, he just kind of, no one really heard from him for a while. And I would always say to him, why don't you go back to Penn state? Like, why don't you go on the sideline for games? And like, he just kind of wanted to be away from everything. Um, Especially, you know, when the ups and downs of his career and a lot happened at Penn state uh, when he was there. But I think, for Christian, he felt like it was time that he wanted to talk about what went down and uh, no better podcast to go on than than your best friend's podcast. And I think he knew I wouldn't try to screw him at the end of the day. Uh, But I thought, I thought he was really, I thought he presented himself really, really well. And clearly you can hear on that podcast, like how articulate he is, um, how much he's grown as a, as a person, like as a man since he was at Penn state, how much Penn state means to him and how important it was for him to talk about that and, and give the fans an inside look on that perspective that he had after after uh, he finished up at Penn State. And and what I could tell too from knowing him for a while is he thought a lot about what he wanted to say on that podcast. And I thought that was a really cool part uh, for fans, especially that they got Penn State fans got to see a side of him and got to hear stories and him have him talk about that time in Penn State history, which was, you know, one of the most one of the hardest times in the history of college football, um, at a, at a really cool and like deep level. And I think clearly a a lot of, a lot of fans enjoyed it. I was telling Christian the other day, we were talking about something, something else this fall. And I said, out of all the podcasts I've done now, the one that people talk to me about the most is the Christian Hackenberg episode. And it's not even, and it's not even close, like by a mile. It's, it's, I love the Christian Hackenberg interview. And I think people, people love stories like that too, right? Any kind of like, you know, comeback, redemption story. People people love hearing, hearing that kind of stuff.
1: You just never know what somebody's really going through. And I think especially Penn State fans are tough on quarterbacks. Uh, look yeah. at what Sean Clifford went through, and listen, I'll be the first person to raise my hand and say I was critical of Sean Clifford when he was playing at Penn State, but his legacy is undeniable. And the fact that it's a fifth-round pick to the Green Bay Packers and sounds like he's fitting in well in camp, There's a lot of Penn State fans who are shocked. There's a lot of Penn State fans who are not surprised. I know James Franklin, not surprised when Iota. So I'm very happy to see that transition. Uh, Justin, for you, looking at the recent pantheon of Penn State quarterbacks, and you got to be around Michael Robinson, Anthony Morelli, Daryl Clark. What what do you think the scrutiny from the fan base, where does that come from?
2: I mean, it's interesting because I think when you – Label out those three quarterbacks. I think they brought different things to the table, right? You got yeah. Michael Robinson, who was an elite leader. I mean, probably one of the best leaders I've been around in football. Had Morelli, who was number one quarterback coming out of high school, um, big arm, you know, great talent. Then at the time, Daryl Clark was scout team quarterback that we saw every day. And so you had the ultimate leader, you had the big arm quarterback, pocket passer, and then you just had. Daryl Clarks, who looked like a defensive end, it was like way before his time, by the way, probably one of the most talented quarterbacks that I've like seen. If you see him today, you know, 6'3", 230, whatever. But he was always slinging around in scout team. And just to see the pre- like the plethora of things that they brought to the table, I think there's a level of consistency and toughness that you see from quarterbacks, right? From Penn State, especially We got Michael Robinson, he was uh, played multiple positions. And then even coming back and working at Penn State and seeing someone like a Trace McSorley. So that's who I saw, when I first transitioned off of the field and it's interesting that you say your, um, AV's interviewing James on Friday. So on Thursday, um, sorry, but he used to have a question on exit interviews or, you know, here in interviews about like, who's the most valuable player or person like in the, in the building or the staff or whatever the case may be. Some people say, you know, staff members, who's not like, just to see what value you're bringing to the table, being transparent. And it's like the most valuable person is Trace McSorley. Like when you see like the level of, leadership that he brought to the organization to the team and like the consistency the toughness showing up in crunch time it reminded me of like the michael robinson days where you're playing on a team where it's like now we don't believe we can lose right like playing northwestern is like we want to get this some way and it's just being around those type of guys and that level of toughness and i think you see that in hackenberg right when he comes on a podcast and shares his uh experience at penn state and you see like oh there's depth to this guy it's not uh, like a flighty kid that's this, that, or the third. It's like no, there's like there's things here, and then you see it, like a Drew Aller. Like, it, it, you see the consistency amongst like the character at the end of the day. But I think there's a level of character and toughness. And let's not forget Sean Clifford. Like the one thing I always like just commended him on. Obviously, he had a roller coaster season at sometimes, but the grit to play quarterback at a high level and make plays they did and the level of confidence that Sean Clipper has, that's a, that's a comfort as a competitor that you want. And I think that's the consistency that you see amongst Penn state quarterbacks just through the history that become like is a level of toughness, but um, taking our hits on, you know, the producing ones that go to the NFL and stuff like that, but we can see what happens here.
1: Well, and even looking back historically, you know Todd Blackledge, Kerry Collins, high draft picks. So it's like you have that in the the history of Penn State quarterbacks. But Adam, to me as a as a fan, as a former student, as a broadcaster, the way I've always perceived it is that Penn State fans are very wary of the guy who's highly touted, the number one quarterback, big 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 arm, you know, big time recruit. Look at Anthony Morelli, who we just t- uh, mentioned, uh, Christian Hackenberg, and now Drew Aller. I think even Rob Bolden was a guy who had some huge expectations and it just didn't work out that way. Do you think it's the fan base? That's kind of like, Oh, we don't want the bright, shiny toy. We want the underdog a la Trace McSorley, a la Michael Robinson, who just kind of makes it happen, makes it all work.
0: Yeah. It's funny. The, the Penn state fan base, uh, as much as I love them, they, they've been tough in that instance for a lot of reasons because of, because of how, how much tradition and how Penn state's done it a certain way for a long time. And, and, you know, there's, there's always the talk of, you know, uh, we, we only bring in like Penn state guys, you know, Pennsylvania guy, you know, and, and it's, we'd rather have the tough kid than the talented kid. I think the, the magic is fine in both, right. <laughs> the, the tough and the talented kid. Uh, I, I think without a doubt, Penn state's a, a tough fan base to, to, to play quarterback for the reality is every elite program in college football is a tough fan base to play quarterback for. It's tough to be a quarterback at Alabama. It's tough to be one at Florida. It's tough to be one. At, I mean, it everywhere. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's it's has a lot to do with just the the tradition and the success at Penn State and how they how we've done it a long way uh, the right way for a long time and not necessarily needed the biggest recruits or all the five stars that come in and do it but I think the thing that Drew's done and and it's what Christian did too when he got to campus and it's funny. The, the similarities in just like personality and then also like their build and how they look between Christian and drew is there, there's a lot of them there's a lot of similarities like drew reminds me a little bit of Christian when when, when he was a freshman um, but the ability to come in and be a five-star but also come in and, and command the respect of the locker room right away and for people to see the way you work I mean there's no way to get respect until you actually perform on the field and do it at a high level and people see you put in the work every single day um, you know I remember when I got to Penn State Bill O'Brien the first thing he said to me like literally the first thing he said when I got there was no one gives a shit that you're a five-star anymore like no one no one actually cares does not matter I mean Justin you know how that is man like no one cares anymore and uh, I think it's, the sooner you realize that which it seems like Drew has and Drew does um the easier it is to win over the locker room uh and, and the easier it is to to be a leader on the team and someone that people actually look up to because of how you conduct yourself and not just because you were a five-star
1: Justin, in your conversations with staff members within the team and even players, how is Drew Aller being received at this point in time?
2: I think he's been received well. I mean, especially from a leader standpoint, I was in the weight room a couple of weeks ago. You're to say how they work, right, or how he works specifically, whether it's just like taking his reps and throwing the ball to the center, taking snaps and just having like a methodical and. Pro like approach to everything he does at such a young age and not being a starting quarterback. But if you walked into the lock, into the weight room and everyone's there, not without, if no name, no face or anything like that, you would say, Oh, that's the starting quarterback right there. Just by the way he was carrying himself, by the way his demeanor. And just, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm big on reading guys and just understanding, filling in the pixels on evals, right? You understand the internal makeup of a guy. You can kind of see what they're made of. And I was impressed by just how he conducted himself. (laughs) Like, just, like every time I've seen him, to be completely honest. And, I mean, I think the sky's the limit. It was just interesting to see what comes up.
1: Adam, you were saying that speaking with Drew, you saw some comparisons to Hackenberg, but what were your overall takeaways of the young man sitting in front of you? Because l- let's not forget, this is the NIL era that a lot of people have been talking about Like, oh, it's great that he's here, but I hope he stays. I hope he's he here yeah. for a while. And my, me watching the interview, this this is a kid that looks like he's really happy and really comfortable at Penn State.
0: Yeah, I was super impressed. I, I've got to know Drew a little bit. Uh, I didn't know him super well before the interview, but I got just getting in the podcast, right? Like, he was, he was, yeah. you could tell he was nervous. Like, it's, it's, and that's just being young, right? And it's just like, you know, it's the kid that everyone's talking about right now in college football, and he's nervous to go on a podcast. It just, it just kind of reminds you, like, how young he is, right? Like, he hasn't, he hasn't experienced life yet. Uh, so that, I thought that was really cool. But just, I mean, number one, awesome kid, like, great to be around easy to work with. I mean, even when it comes to like scheduling podcasts, you know, there's like easy to work with and not easy to work with. I mean, Drew wasn't like, he didn't make me call his agent. He didn't, he didn't ask for the questions ahead of time. He was super easy and super down to earth. And then I thought the conversation was really good. And he's super articulate. He cares. You can tell he thinks things through. He's super thoughtful. Uh, there, There were some, some moments, you know, you could tell, you'd tell everything he did, he directed back to his teammates. I even asked him, I said, uh, if you saw it, Tom, you probably remember, I, I said, uh, "Who are you gonna, who's going to be on the Heisman stage with you at the end of the year? And he said, like, Nick Singleton, katron Allen. I'm like, true. Great answers. <laughs> Give me real Great answer. answer. <laughs> um, and then even one of my favorite parts is I asked him, we were talking about NIL. And of course, that's like the hot topic. I'm, I'm of course, gonna dig on the nil topic, you know. And I said, "What's, what was your first big purchase when you, when you, uh, when you made some nil money?" And he's like, "Ah, I really splurged. I had a huge purchase." And he's like, "It was like twelve hundred bucks on golf, on golf clubs." I was like, "That was your big splurge nil purchase, twelve hundred dollar golf clubs." Um, but it's just, you know, super down to earth, awesome kid, and it, it's funny, man. Like I, I said at the beginning of the of the pod the day before we shot that I was at the Penn state coaches versus cancer golf outing. And obviously around a ton of Penn state fans, a ton of donors and just around the community. I don't know if I can remember in my lifetime, a time that there was more excitement around the program than there is right now. And also more expectations for, for a quarterback than there are right now. I mean, there is a lot of excitement and a lot of expectation with everyone I've talked to around Penn state. Um, And, and I can't remember when it was like that the last time, like I don't, I can't even like put a finger on it and it's really exciting, but it's also, you have a quarterback who hasn't started a game yet. That's walking into that with really, really big, big expectations. Uh, It's going to be fun to see how it plays out.
1: Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, check out smack apparel and see what their team has geared up for football season. Their let there be white tea is the perfect gear for all those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack apparel has the must have tees for all your teams, including pro and college football, plus basketball, baseball, every fan is covered. Head over to SmackApparel.com and use the promo code STATE10, that's state one at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's SmackApparel.com, promo code STATE10 at checkout. Why we're boring when you can wear Smack. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com, that's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code STATE20, that's state T E two zero at checkout for 20% off your order. Maestro's classic, crafting a better you. Well, and also, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that there's a lot of people still talking about Bo perbula at Penn State, and uh, there's a recruit coming in by the name of Ethan Grunkmeyer. At yeah. least he's committed, and you'll know, we'll see if he actually winds up on the team. I remember Adam when you were in school. At one point, quarterback room for the most part was Hackenberg, McSorley, Tommy Stevens. Yeah ridiculous amount of potential and ability in that room tommy stevens is still playing in the canadian football league trace is still in the nfl and we know what hackenberg did uh you got to witness that type of competition Uh, how has that evolved i guess under james franklin because you were there in the very early days and now roughly 10 years later
0: yeah, I mean, the the just the talent in that room is really cool. I saw coach Yersich when I was up there and I was just saying to him I was like, "Man, you got a lot of talent in that quarterback room, which is which is a good a good thing, but it's also, you know, when when the era of the transfer portal can also be a bad thing. You got to make everyone happy. Um and you know, it, it's funny cuz you think that like how Penn state used Tommy Stevens. Right. And they remember they made that the lion position and like made him kind of like this, like H back wildcat. Yeah. The wildcat quarterback. I think uh, my thought originally was, you know, obviously we can talk about who I think they're going to start, but you know, Drew's a starter in that you put, you put Bo in kind of that like wildcat, the lion position. And the more I thought about it, even talking to some people, like, Bo's better than that, right? Like he's a real quarterback can play power five division one quarterback and be a starter, almost putting him in that, in that box of like, you're the lion, you're the wildcat quarterback is almost disrespectful to, to Bo. I mean, he's like, he, he can be a real quarterback. And I, and I think everyone in that program feels that way from what I've heard, Bo has been super impressive and that that's actually a, a real competition. Um, You know, what I will say is I think in today's college football, and this, no sources on this. Like what, like, this is just my opinion outside the box. (laughs) It is really hard to bring in a five-star quarterback and not start him when, when he has the first opportunity to start. I mean, you got, you know that Justin, you were, you worked in, in the business, you know how that is. It is really, really hard when you bring in the number one quarterback in the country, when he has a chance to start to not, not justify a reason to start him. Um, So I would be absolutely shocked, obviously, if Drew Aller isn't the starting quarterback week one. Um, but that doesn't mean that Bo hasn't impressed a lot of people. I think he's got a lot of respect in that building.
1: Justin, you were a five-star. How, how was that treatment? What was that like getting the red carpet rolled out? Oh,
2: man, it's about finding your leverage and maximizing. I used it for like my living quarters, right? I, did, I skipped the whole dorm experience, went straight to in the apartments, that type of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I always tell a funny story. I mean, kind of negotiated my number. I got promised number one by a scrap, and I got there, and he left me to Kirkdale, and I had to fight. <laughs> to get number seven, right? He was like, hey, we have a senior on the team right now. He's number one, Anwar Phillips. You can go over there and ask him for the number. And I'm like looking over. It's like Tom Bahali, him, uh, Puzz, like Mike Rob, And I'm like, give me give me number seven. I'll you take it. number i <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But, you know, those type of things that we got back in the day. That was it.
1: though. Justin, especially, okay. uh, you know, all kidding aside, I mentioned the quarterbacks that you got to be around. How were quarterbacks handled under Joe Paterno? Very different, I imagine, than the James Franklin era.
2: Yeah, they were different. Right? Like I said, it was like we had a like a, a, a dynamic range of quarterbacks from Michael Robinson, Morelli, and then Daryl Clark. So you're talking like some versatile athletes from Morelli and well, Mike, all of them were great athletes, but Morelli, uh not Morelli, but Mike Rob and Daryl Clark were pretty tremendous athlete. So Mike being so versatile and knowing the whole offense, playing running back, playing receiver, he had like a, it was like having an offensive coordinator on the field with you. So like our approach there, he was like a coach on the field. So there wasn't really much to be said with Mike. It was like, here, roll the ball out. Now, when we came to the next year, kind of had a high flying, we kind of changed up the offense a little bit with Morelli, big arm and you know had Deion Butler, Derek Williams, Jordan, everybody was running. So kind of changed the offense again. And then all those guys kind of matured to Daryl Clark. And I would say, I mean, I don't think the quarterbacks were, they, they were left to their own vices in the sense of that athleticism. I mean, especially when it came to Daryl Clark, two-time big 10 offensive player of the year, which people don't i mean remember, but it was a high flying running gun, running gun offense, especially when I was a freshman playing receiver. I mean, it, it was like a new age of football. I remember my visit, I, my visit was the score was nine to three. <laughs> It was a it was a tough it was a tough one. It was a tough one. Right. So we came around and started averaging 30 points a game. But honestly, like quarterbacks weren't treated any differently because they were kind of the leaders. I mean, Joe Paterno, especially with Michael Robinson at the head. I was there for three years, so I only had a limited (laughs) limited size.
1: You, you got your, your degree and you got out. You did what you had to do. You, and that, and
2: I, wasn't always the quarter, I wasn't always the quarterback's best friends either. So when you're asking my yeah. opinion about like, I you know, me and the quarterbacks had a lot of chirping back and forth. So, mm. you know, I don't, I don't really know what Joe was saying to them.
1: <laughs> well, Adam, especially now looking at what Drew Aller or Bo Pebulick, God knows we're not going to get the announcement on the starter until maybe days before the West Virginia game. But as a former tight end, you're looking at the pass catchers, the, the running backs, the offensive line what's your assessment of what Drew Aller and or Bo Prabula has to work with on offense?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest question mark on that team right now is probably the receiver room, right? I mean, that, that's probably, which isn't great, which isn't a great combination for your first time starting quarterback. I, at the end of the day, I know this is uh an easy answer for me. I, the tight end room is kind of that, the comfortability that I think Drew will have knowing that you have Theo Johnson, who's, um, I think got a chance to be one of the best in the big 10, a Tyler Warren, a kid that I've talked about a lot that can really do it all. They can put them all over the field. Um, I, I think that room will be a, a really big, uh, just, just huge for him to have some comfortability of being able to go in the flat. The other thing that drew brings to the table uh, that I think I heard coach talk about it a little bit, coach Franklin, you know, Drew obviously has a big arm, but what Drew brings is the accuracy paired with the big arm, right? Like having a big arm doesn't matter if you're not accurate. And in college football, uh, even from like, we used to talk about this all the time when, when I would, when I was coaching, when we were game planning, college football defenses always give you the field flat. Okay. So like to the field, the ball is always on the hat, almost always on the hash in college football, the, to the field, the flat is where they always give you the open, the open, we call it free access. Um, and most quarterbacks, the reason they give you that is because most college quarterbacks can't throw to the field flat. They don't have a strong enough arm, and they're not accurate enough to, to throw that ball. They only the top ones really can. That's what Drew brings to the table, is that's throws that Drew can make. Drew can throw across the field and throw a 10-yard out. He can throw the flat route to the tight end. Um, so I, I think, number one, that that's where the tight ends come into play, those kind of routes that Drew has the ability to throw across the field um, and hit his big targets, I, I, I think what drew brings to the table from an arm strength and accuracy standpoint and the ability to throw the ball all over the field. Nothing's off the table. He can make any throw. And he's also shown the ability to throw with some touch and in, in on those crossing routes as intermediate routes. I, I, I think he's got the ability to make receivers into really good players just with his, his arm talent.
1: Adam, you've kind of, uh, we've hit on a couple of the guests that you've already had on the show. And we talked about, you know, a little tease and that you're going to get James Franklin this upcoming weekend. So Hopefully that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, who else is there on your dream list of podcast guests, whether they went to Penn state or not?
0: Yeah, can, I add, good... can
2: I add something to, can it be coaches like specifically?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. let me think here. That's a good question. Um, so, I've been trying to get Jimbo Fisher, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Just because I, I man. just you know, there's a lot of wherever there's controversy, <laughs> normally yes. makes a good podcast guest, <laughs> like right? We're just gonna, um, we're button this so, up, yeah, yeah. So Jimbo would be a great one. Um, we got a we got a few coming up that that all that are coming out, but it's you know it's funny, man. Like when you can, and Justin, you're in this whole space of the in the branding, the the nil, the content stuff. You can tell what coaches are innovative by how they respond to coming on a podcast, right? Like the first one that said yes was Shane Beamer, the the South Carolina head coach, who's like ultra into content into social media. The next one was like Jed Fish at Arizona, who's super into that, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the ones that you never hear back from are like, you know, the, the old school coaches. I want nothing to do with it. Um, I would say Jimbo's up there. Definitely. I mean, I've been trying to get Deion Sanders, but that that's always a tough one. At least he's into the content thing. I, I think at, at Penn state, like I'd love to have uh, Pat Kraft on and just hear his take on the state of Penn state athletics, where they're at. Um, I've gotten to meet coach Rhodes, the Penn state basketball coach. And I'm trying to, plan on having him on at some point uh to hear about all that and and then uh and i soon we'll have nick singleton on just to hear about his kind of rise to rise to fame and and uh and to start him at penn state but um, there, there's a lot of them man there, there's been there, there's some any head coach, any Power Five head coach, usually I'll take on the podcast. I mean, but there's always the top tier, like the Jimbo Fisher's and Nick Saban's. You love that one. Get down the
2: lane the, sure. train. lane, the train.
0: Oh, see, that's another one, man. That's <laughs> the lane train. I mean, he, he would give you some gems. I, yeah. I think he'd have some good sound bites, huh?
1: Man, I would have loved to have had a conversation with the late great Mike Leach. I think oh, that would have been amazing yeah. on so many levels. There, you know, wow, that would have been fantastic. Justin, Actually, who would?
0: Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm actually going to see uh, tomorrow. We're doing Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, former Oh Penn wonderful State defensive okay. coordinator. So we're we're going right from him to Coach Franklin, which will be which will be a funny one. But Coach Pry is another one that I think will have some great great stuff and be able to talk some Penn State Penn State football with him too.
1: There's yeah, Penn State
2: guys in that building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's
1: see if you got any stories about Franklin and all that fun stuff. But <laughs> Justin, we got to get Terry Smith on here at some point. We have to
2: absolutely man you got a hookup you think we can do yeah, that i, mean, I so. think we can we can pull probably pull that off
0: <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to know how terry smith consistently just has an elite defensive backer i mean he's always he's just always got a man it's it's uh he's an elite recruiter but more importantly he's a he's an awesome developer and and, and a great person and coach but but uh i mean he's always got he's always got keeling king i mean there's always one coming out of there man <laughs>
2: Lockdown, you general. No, absolutely. I think it comes down to like he, he like just even from my career, him teaching me or coaching me growing up. I think with the key, the key to him being a great defensive back coach, obviously he can recruit, bringing the talent, so he can kind of pick the attributes he wants. But the installation of confidence that he, the confidence yeah. that he instills in his guys on a daily basis, I think is unique. I mean, just, I mean, that's a ultimate con, like confidence position, right? And you know, when you talk to the guys. How they play, they're not afraid to make mistakes, I think is like a key that I pick up on them. And they have, yeah. like, I, like when I say DBs, all of them have like a high effort level. Like, right before you make a play at DB, you have to, in their mind, say, effort, I'm going for it. They all kind of walk with that swag of like, yo, we're supposed to be here. And that's kind of how, I mean, I, when he was my coach, that was something yeah. that I embodied from him. And it's so, like that, you know, installation of confidence is something that's very unique and special about him, I think, coaching DBs at Penn State.
0: Yeah. And the consistency of him being there for a long time too, right? True you get sure. to develop under one coach, and and when you have one coach, I know like you get you get confidence from having that coach because he's he's seen you do it before, so you know that coach believes in you. Know. I talked to Sean about that, Sean Clifford, last year, and that's part part of uh, that. Not not many people talk about with Sean Clifford, like he had a different offensive coordinator every single year of college until he had year two with Mike Yursich, and now same thing with Drew. Drew Aller, the, the opportunity to just have that same, the continuity of the system is huge. I think one of the biggest wins of Penn State's offseason was keeping Manny Diaz. I mean, to have another oh year gosh, yeah. with the same coordinator, I mean, that's massive. That's huge just to have the continuity. But um, just to echo what you're saying, yeah, Terry's Terry's a beast, man. He's, he's a, Coach Smith has been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, we got to get him on at some point. We got to. Um, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck with everything you got coming up. Uh, For everybody that wants to check it out, it's Next Up with Adam Brenneman. It's wherever you get your podcast. The Hackenberg interview is great. The hour interview is great. And I'm sure what he uh, does with James Franklin will be also phenomenal. So, Adam, thank you very much, and best of luck you have appreciate with everything it, going on, man. Thanks,
0: Thanks guys.
1: Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by BetOnline.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.